And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. A new Wizards after dark after the Wizards just beat the Celtics pretty handily. The Celtics are not playing great basketball right now, but you know what? I think the Wizards, I think they will take any win they can. And and they led from the beginning. They led by double digits from the beginning and they led by as many as 25 and they actually won. And you know what? Not really going to talk about it this episode because right now what's what's kind of more important, at least from a narrative perspective, is that Monday is John Wall's return to Washington, D.C. It's his first time he's going to be playing a game against the Wizards in Capital One Arena of his life. And that's the story that matters. So over the weekend, I had a conversation with John. On Saturday, I'm recording this thing late afternoon on Sunday right now, and I had a, a long phone conversation with John on the phone on Saturday, and I, I I put up a story kind of detailing my conversation with him, and he really opened up about his perspective of the trade, what he believes went down, why he believes it happened, what the experience was like for him, and 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 clearly. You know, he said before that Houston game and after that that Houston game, the one that was in Houston against the Wizards a few weeks ago, that playing the Wizards is personal and and I think we kind of dug into some some reasons why. You can check out that story over on the Athletic. So if you're not a subscriber to the Athletic, I actually really do recommend you you do subscribe to this one if you're a big Wizards fan and you want to check it out because because John said a lot of stuff that I think is is uh is worth hearing his perspective on. If you want to sign up, you can go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, get a subscription, $3.99 a month. It's a great deal. That's going to get you full access to the site. It gets you everything, every single sport, every single article that we write. It's going to get you the advertisement list podcasts. It gets you everything. If you go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, you can sign up there. And I recommend you go check out that story. I, I'm going to play some of the clips, just a couple of the clips that I have from the John interview. Um, I, I I just want to give you guys a hint of what we talked about and kind of how open he was to talking as well. He he was he was really down to talk about this stuff. And I think there's no greater example from our conversation, which went on for for a little over a half an hour. I think there's no better example of that than this clip that I'm going to play for you guys right now. And again, there's a lot more than this in the story, but so so I I kind of said to him it, it felt like, you know, one second you were a wizard and the next one you weren't. And it kind of just felt like this all went down very quickly. And I asked him, "Where do you think things went wrong?" And you could tell John wanted to talk because this was his answer. I need an answer to it. Like I said, um, the video came out on my birthday. I called everybody, apologized about it. You know, nobody's perfect. We we make mistakes. We live through it and move forward. But I think 
possible through my head of calling the owner, the GM, all the coaches, the players of the team, talking to them, telling them that's my apology. Those type of things can't happen. Being a leader of the team, then for that day, then we, they said we were moving forward from it. So, you know what I mean? I thought that was in the past. I don't know if that's the reason why I got traded, but I thought that was over with. Um, I went to kept working out, kept playing, went to L.A., played. They came to see me in L.A. <clears throat> they came to see me in L.A. Uh, a couple of my teammates was down there working out, playing pickup, get the nets and stuff. And then I forget, I think it was like almost around Thanksgiving, I was um, coming back home to D.C. at the time. And it was Monday. Somebody hit me like, you know, you're on the trade blocks with Russell Westbrook. I'm like, uh, I'm like, ain't no way I'm on the trade blocks. You know what I mean? I haven't played in three years. And I know, and I'm like, I know it's part of the business. Like I said, all I ever wanted from the, from the start was honesty. You know what I mean? Just tell me the truth what it was. I can deal with it. I felt like I deserved the honesty and respect because I've been there for 10 years. I've been through the bad times when we had shitty teams and when we had good teams in D.C. Uh, I never turned my back on the organization. Um, I played through damn near every injury that a lot of people wouldn't play through. Uh, I played through broken hands in the playoffs. I think I did everything I could and gave everything I had, heart and soul, to the organization on off the court. Um, then everybody kept telling me, no, it's not, it's not true. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. And I'm like, I know Houston probably called him first, but you know what I mean? It's a part of the business. You, why wouldn't you call if, you, if somebody wants to be traded? You know what I mean? And it's not nothing. Just having conversations. And that's all I want to know. If y'all having conversations, let me know. That's cool. I get it. Nobody never could tell me the truth about it. And then... The funny thing was, I went, I think it was a Tuesday. When I got traded, Wednesday, yeah, December. Yeah, that was December 3rd. December 3rd. December 3rd, like 7.30 that night. That was on Wednesday, right? That that sounds right. Yeah, I think so, because it was, it was like the second day of training camp. Yeah, I left. I left yeah, training camp started on the 4th. No, so it happened December 2nd. December 2nd, that okay. Wednesday. Because I left that Thursday to go to Houston. Got it. Training camp was that Friday, I think so. It was funny because... I was supposed to do the um, take a picture of New City the jerseys right on Monday, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I ain't feeling like I just don't feel like I'm gonna be here. Like you know what I mean? Just in my mind, I'm just like, I feel like it's gonna happen. Like they gonna do something. Like because it just kept lingering for so long, and I'm like, if it was supposed to not happen, all you had to do was like, okay, we appreciate y'all calling the phone, but John ain't John ain't traded. You know what I mean? We keeping him. Mm-hmm. That's the same as if anybody was calling for Brad. We know everybody calling for Brad. They're like, no, nah, you're not trading. Brad's off the market. Right. Once I realized they wasn't saying that and the conversations kept going, I was like, okay, it's going to happen. So I was like, no, nah, I don't want to take the pictures on. I, mean, I don't want to do the thing on Monday. So I was like, all right. And I'm like, you know what? I do it too. I'm just going to be a professional about it because I don't know if I'm going to be here, if I'm not going to be here. Mm-hmm. Because they kept, I kept hearing, well, let's try to get through training camp, see how things go with your Brad. And we'll make decisions, whatever. I'm like, all right, whatever it is. I'm just trying to be professional and do it the way I want to do it. Right. I take the picture. I take the picture. And then I think after you do green screen, you're supposed to do like media that day. It was funny because I did green screen and they moved my media to Friday, the day of uh, training camp. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, something's not right. Go there Wednesday. Say what up to everybody. Go back home, I'm chilling, watching TV. I mean, get my bag ready for training camp. Get a call like 7.29, 7.30. We just traded you to Houston. That was it. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So I think that should give you a pretty good idea of how well in the chat John was. And uh, we talked about way more. We talked about his relationship with Bradley Beal why he voted for him for All-Star, why he thinks he's better than ever. He talked about how the number one thing uh, that he's thought about since the trade is that uh, you know they didn't give him an opportunity, he said, for me and Brad to run it back, uh, which is something that he says that he he really wanted. Uh, we talked about the fans in D.C. We, we talked about so much other stuff, tribute videos and, and, and all of that and, and more background on the trade as well. So go check out that piece at the athletic DC. Again, if you want to subscribe, you want to read it, the athletic.com slash wizards after dark can get you a subscription for three ninety nine a month. And, and I mean, screw my coverage. My, my colleagues are awesome. Like it's crazy. The people who I, I work with and I see on our company slack, it's wild. So, so check that out. And, uh, and now, I've got one of those incredible colleagues coming on now. Let's turn it over to uh, to my conversation with Ben about all this. All right, so Ben, what are we thinking? The wizard, the Wizards just we're recording this after the Wizards just beat the Celtics by double digits, and they uh, they got Houston tomorrow. What 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 are we thinking? What's when I say John Wall's return to DC? What is the first thing that comes to Ben Standig's mind? Uh, what is the first thing that comes to my mind about John Wall specifically? So not pizza. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously it goes without saying that that all aspects of the pandemic are, are a debacle for sure, and this isn't the only sort of big game where you wish there was a crowd there, but. You know, man, talk about a game where you really wish there was a crowd there. 
n- not just for fans to have the chance to, you know, show John how much they, you know, how much they appreciated him during his decade here, but just, you know, to see him thrive off of that or react to it. And, and then, you know, Beal as well and Washington as well. And, and the other players and, and, you know, that John's a guy who's very much, you know, energized by, by the surroundings, whether that's the crowd or slights or whatever. And there's a lot of all that going on, or there would be if there was a crowd. So bummer, bummer on that. But yeah, obviously we've already seen him now in the other uniform against Washington. So I don't know. So maybe that won't be feel as new, but you know, the fact that he'll be on that court that he played on a ton over the last decade and had such great highs uh, and, you know, it was just such a bummer that there won't be actual people there to, you know, to, uh, to, to, to cheer him on and provide that energy. I know. I agree with you on that for sure. Uh, so normally I, I record and I have my, my iPad right next to me, but right as you were talking just now, my iPad just died. So I have to type this on my computer. So excuse the clicking. Normally I avoid the clicking, but can I tell you my favorite thing that he said to me? We spoke for a while. Can I, can I tell you my favorite line that he said to me? I will allow it. <laughs> I just love, I think it'll be a dope ass reception to be honest. This was about when he can play in front of fans in DC, presumably and hopefully for everybody next year, what he thinks the reception will be like. I just, I asked him and he said, I think it'll be a dope ass reception to be honest. I wouldn't expect nothing less. I'll be shocked if it was less. I love that quote. I I love, I think it'll be a dope-ass reception. I agree with him. I think he'll get a rousing ovation when it comes back. And I, I think it'll be, those kinds of return games are pretty rare, where the guy come who's coming back has such a long legacy with one organization. And still has the fan base's heart to the degree that Wall does. Ironically, I mean, the guy who he was traded for had the exact same situation last year, right? I mean, the Westbrook return game was one of the most emotional to Oklahoma City was one of the most emotional return games that we've seen in the league. And, you know, Lord knows how long. I mean, it's right up there. I mean, OKC did a great job with that with. Their tribute video was awesome, and that whole night was about him, and that fan base just loves him so much. I feel like it's a similar, you know, Wall isn't the same level of player in terms of his career. You know, he's one-time All-NBA, and and Westbrook is many times All-NBA and an MVP, but in terms of importance to an organization and importance to, more importantly in this situation, honestly, importance to a fan base, I feel like they're kind of on similar levels and and they were with their organizations for similar amounts of time and and obviously kind of like similarly emotional dynamic styles of players you know and um it does suck that there's not fans there like that's what makes this kind of stuff fun it's the fan reaction and i'm sure the wizards will do some stuff like they're going to have a tribute video for sure my guess is they're going to have a tribute video again next year so they can play one cool in front of fans. I was going to say, like, I mean, I mean, I get the respect, but like, isn't it sort of weird to play a tribute video when there's no fans? It's literally for one person, which I'm not saying he doesn't deserve. I was like, it's kind of weird. Yes. (laughs) On some level. Oh, it's unquestionably weird, but it would be weirder if they just didn't play one at all. I guess. I mean, I guess it's the best of two weird situations. Like, what are you going to do? Have John Wall come back, not play a tribute video. 
I mean, I guess you could just say, like, hey, John, obviously, or but you know, you could do something and say, we'll have the full-throated version when there's people here to appreciate it. But, yeah, I, I mean, yes, I guess you can run it back the same one next year or, or whatever. Yeah, You'll or just make a new one. To, sure, you know? yeah, people have, will have time. But, um, but yeah, uh, that'll be good. Uh, by the way, I mean, good job by you to uh, to talk to him and extract some of that some of that detail out for sure. Uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, not, not surprisingly, he's, a, he's a little bit uh, hurt by the situation and therefore the chip on his shoulder will be a Shaquille O'Neal size one uh, tomorrow. So, so <laughs> yeah. to see how fast he can run with that thing on, with that thing on, uh, attached to him. No, he definitely, he for sure had some stuff he, he wanted to talk about, wanted to get off his chest, wanted to say the chip on his shoulder is very apparent. John is an incredibly prideful guy. You know that as well as I do. And, uh, you know, he had said it before. He, he said it to to Chris Miller. And you know, this was three weeks ago when they played in Houston. And he said it, uh, I believe, on the Rockets team broadcast in his postgame interview after they beat the Wizards a few weeks ago that he felt like that game was personal. And he kind of reiterated that to me again when we were talking. I, I didn't put those quotes in the story, because I didn't feel like they were, first of all, I felt like they came across, felt like it came across in in what he was saying. Otherwise, I, I didn't feel the need to include him explicitly saying this is personal or they felt like I was done, which he, which he said to me. But they also weren't new. I mean, he said that a few weeks ago, but I, I think it's clear he, it's not like that was a one game thing. He said he wants to beat the Wizards every time he plays them. Uh, by the way. Pretty, that stuff isn't shocking to me. Like, I want to beat the Wizards every time I play them because they traded me. That I think every single player who is worth a damn feels that way about a team that trades them. Whether they say it explicitly is different, but I think every single one feels like, how could you be, if you don't feel that way, you're not competitive. Like, if you're a competitive person, you feel that way. If you get let go by any sort of organization that is at your job and you're a competitive person, it doesn't have to be vindictive. You just, you want to prove them wrong. So that stuff, I understand. But he he also clearly had the, the chip on his shoulder is big. He wants to show them. He feels like they gave up on him. I don't know if they gave up on him. I think they thought that they were upgrading. And I think they also kind of felt like uh, the situation went stale and they felt like they needed to make a change. And I think those two things and the opportunity to get Westbrook kind of all came together at, at one time. And, and that's why they pulled off the trade. I maintain, I think the, tr- the number one reason the trade was made was because of basketball reasons, uh, even though there were other things that contributed. But, you know, that story was supposed to be that was John's opinion. Everything in there was John says. Everything in there was quotes from him and uh, his thoughts on everything. And and uh, you know he he's 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 participating in in he's a you know the main character of this story and uh, clearly wants to participate in how it's being told. Yeah, uh, for 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 sure. Uh, and of course, like th- th- these types of things always lead me to to other other questions like you know uh 
you know, what did the wizard really think of John? You, you mentioned that the, this is done for, like, say, basketball reasons. You know, what did the wizard actually think of John's health at that time? They obviously had a sense, you know, were, were watching him, you know, throughout the throughout the uh, you know, for, for weeks and months at that time. And, and you know, right before the trade, um, you know, what was their take on Westbrook? Obviously, Westbrook, you know, as we're talking, you know, he still hasn't been playing in back to backs, which was supposed to be. I thought the reason when you traded John it was like, well, at a bare minimum, you're getting a guy who's playing more games than the guy who who is coming back from missing two years with it with Achilles injuries. Um, and instead, obviously, that hasn't happened. Um, and, uh, you know, there's also like some, you know, to some degree, like, you know, John's role in, in, in all that went down in terms of like he says, you know, he kind of feels like they let him down or whatever. But, you know, as uh, you know. Right. Shams Shams reported at the time that like he he wanted he claimed he wanted out himself. So, you know, if you're you know, why, you know, why is he sort of all upset about um, everything if, you know, that trade request was came true and maybe it's a chicken or the egg thing or, or whatever. But bottom line is, I guess, you know, um, none of that matters. It's it's uh, it's all over. I will. I shouldn't say none of it matters. I mean, some of that matters a lot, actually, <laughs> but uh, particularly the, the, how the Wizards assessed it before they made the deal. But nonetheless, uh, he'll be back and. Uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. And, and look, here's the other thing. Even though that Westbrook has really no, uh, you know, there's no connection to Westbrook right now with the Wizards. If you're going to have John Wall come back, having him go up against a guy like that, as fiery as Westbrook can be, and obviously they just last game they picked up double techs, kind of, you know, beef at each other a little bit. That only adds a layer to this. It's not like, no offense to Ish Smith or Neto or anybody like that, but like, it, there's another thing also on top of it when you're going up against a guy like a competitive guy like Westbrook. So if um, Westbrook yeah. plays, oh, what am I talking about? He, I, you know I don't know I, if I Westbrook's going to play. They haven't officially ruled him out, but they they have not once yet ruled Westbrook out of the second half of a back to back until the day of the back to back. So, I mean, I I would be shocked if Westbrook played. He hasn't well, played mean, on a back. He hasn't played both games of a back to back so far this year, and he played you know in this Celtics game earlier this afternoon. So. I think he's not going to play. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I literally just said he hasn't played in back to backs, and then I just continue to talk because my brain sometimes and my mouth don't always connect. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's a whole other story. Yeah, so that was important. But yeah, so uh, scratch that. So yeah, we're looking at what John Wall against Neto if Ish Smith isn't good to go. Yeah, that that that's that's probably the case. Yeah, probably. Or you just start Brad at the one, and they guard each other. But more likely, I think you start Neto. That sounds yeah. like a more likely scenario. Yeah, Brad's gonna have nothing to deal with. I would, uh, I'd let him do that. I did see what I see. Oladipo and Christian Wood are out for Houston. Uh, yes, that's correct. I mean, Houston is has had its way with injuries too. I mean, Wall is missed games for various reasons, and Oladipo has the injury issues. And I mean, I I can't even imagine what like their post game treatment tables must look like because you got Demarcus Cousins who's coming back from multiple serious injuries. You got Wall who's coming back from multiple serious injuries. Christian Wood is hurt now. Oladipo is coming back from serious injuries. I mean, their training table. Must- after games must be ridiculous. It must be so unbelievably crowded. So they've they've got guys either who are hurt or have injury histories and are kind of working their way back now. The thing with Wall, I don't I don't know if I'll ever really know the answer to this. So basically for his entire rehab, if you asked anybody, especially once he started playing, because he started playing in like February, 
if you asked anybody, how does John look? Everybody would say privately and publicly, you know, you ask Scott Brooks in a press conference, you ask a random person who happened to be there, uh, you know, at his, when he was playing pickup in LA or Miami or with the G League, because he was, he was playing pickup with the, with the capital city go-go as well. You ask anybody who was at those places, everybody said he looked great. I, I, I basically didn't hear anything different than John looks great. He looks awesome. He's going to be really good. Now, I, I, I don't think anybody was saying, you know, other than John, he's going to be literally better than ever. He's going to be first team all NBA. He's transformed into LeBron, but people were incredibly, uh, positive about how he looked. I mean, everybody said he looks really good. Now, here's the thing. If you're the Wizards and you want to keep Wall, what you do is you tell everybody he looked good, independent of whether he looked good or not. If you're the Wizards and you want to trade Wall, you tell everybody he looked really good, independent of whether he looked really good or not. Right. And here's the thing. He probably did look really good. I mean, he is. He's looked good so far. So he's looked damn good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's got some stuff he's working back from. You can tell every once in a while there's a little bit of rust there. He's had some nagging injuries. I talked about that with him in our conversation. And and he said he thinks if he can kind of put off those nagging injuries, then if he can recover from those, he thinks he can hit another level. But that's how John goes. He's averaging 19, 6, and 5 or whatever. He... Is shooting better from three point range than in any other season of his career. If you, especially if you include for volume, which he's shooting more threes than ever, he's playing a more analytically friendly style. I talked about with him at the start of the interview how much better he looks defensively this year than he did in 2018. Something I mentioned to him, and like, this is how you know a guy wasn't feeling great. Let me. Let me see if I can find this because I, 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 I said to him, like, you know, I watched you in the fall of 2018 and that's, you know, the months leading up to the Achilles injury and him having the bone spurs out and, and he wasn't defending. He just wasn't defending. He was hitting screens and not running. And, and he said that he just, He's playing pain free now for the first time in a while. And that's something he's, he's kind of talked about before. Uh, but he, he, he really talked about it here. And he said, I, you know, regarding the jump shot, he said, I had a full two years to work on the jump shot the way I wanted to. Uh, like I told you before, I took those two bone spurs out. That was in my knee and heel. So I'm able to jump the way I want to, plant the way I want to, and shoot. So I don't have to deal with that type of pain no, uh, no more that used to be devastating at times. Uh, and, and you know, that wasn't what the story was about. So I, I, I didn't include that in the story. But, you know, I, I think one of the things that we're just never really going to know the answer to, and my, my proclivity is the Wizards did not think he was done for what it's worth. Because all I ever heard was they thought he looked good and how we've seen him play is consistent with them saying he looked good because he looks good. But, you know, they, they thought Westbrook was better. So, so did I, by the way, I mean, I just thought the risk of injury 
was so great with John, with him coming back from these major injuries, the risk of re-injury. And maybe that'll be the case. I'm not big on jumping on so-and-so won the trade two months after, because if you make a trade and injuries are a factor, two months is not long enough to make an evaluation when both guys have three years remaining on their contracts. Uh, But John looks really good. There's no question he looks really good right now. Yeah, he does. I mean, I, that's why, I, I, you know, the what what they knew about Westbrook's situation. I mean, that's is uh, you know a, an ongoing question because that is the real decision as to wait if if they did think John looked good, then and I get right. I agree that the idea of thinking Westbrook would be better, you know, made made logical sense based on everything we knew at that moment. But what we didn't know is that Westbrook was dealing with his own stuff. So yeah, that that that's the part that makes this all the crazier. Even if Westbrook wasn't like. Um, having the struggles that he's had this year and had to miss some time, you know, he's still not playing, you know, every, every, um, every game. So, uh, you know, that, that's part of the whole situation for the wizards in any event, they, um, it'll be fun. Excited to, uh, excited to see what happens, uh, for sure. Um, will be a weird scenario all the way around. Can I, can I give you a very Ben Standig topic? Oh boy. This is incredibly standing. You know how I know it's incredibly Ben standing? Because when I told you I was getting John on the phone and I asked you if you thought there were any good questions to ask, you gave me this question. And I didn't include it in the story. But it is very Ben standing. I asked him if he has the biggest what if from his time with the Wizards. Can you guess what he said? Um... Well, on my podcast, Marching Gortat went with the Atlanta Hawks series in which John Wall broke his hand. Plug your podcast. Jump in. Plug your podcast. Do it. Uh, the the, the standard groom only podcast. Uh, when I talked to Gortat a couple weeks ago, I asked him what if and he said the Atlanta series. I forget all the years all the time, but uh, was it 2014? One of those? 15. Uh, 15 where where, uh, where wall breaks his hand does come back to play but you know obviously couldn't be 100 percent and they and they fall in six so he went with that one so since wall was the one who got hurt i'll go with that one over celtics losing game seven because you know obviously i mean he you know he obviously i'm sure he would love to have that game back in particular because he missed his last umpteen shots in a row but nonetheless um you know they weren't that close in the end on that one but i saw go the hawk series you are correct it's almost right. like all you do is watch the Wizards and nothing else, <laughs> uh, except for the football team. W- there was a point in time that kind of was the case. I mean, that's um, true for me. I sit around. I watch the Wizards. Sometimes they they win. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes Beal scores 25. Sometimes he scores 35. Sometimes I'm in PJs. Sometimes I'm in sweatpants. It's a hell of an existence. So here was John's answer. Uh, so I asked him, do you have a biggest what if from your time with the Wizards? And he said, if I didn't break my hand in the playoffs in Atlanta, I think we would have went to the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's the second round Atlanta series you're talking about. And by the way, that was an unbelievable series. That was an incredible series. That was the Paul Pierce. Uh, that was the, the Paul Pierce game winning shot series. It was the Paul Pierce balls on the fingertips series. Um, that was a that was a great series. Wall broke his hand, came back, played with a broken hand. Uh, so he 
I mean, that's a good one. Uh, but he said, if I didn't break my hand in the playoffs in Atlanta, I think we would have went to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then he said, then the series against Boston, if we could have just won those first two games when we had big leads and we lost them. So those were his two. And he yeah, said, I mean, yeah. he said the other injuries that I had, it's nothing I can control. It ain't like it was a freak accident. It happened. Bone spurs uh, that grew to where I couldn't walk anymore or play. That's nothing I could control. So yeah, I don't I mean, think those were Atlanta- what ifs. The Atlanta series, I've said before, covering Paul Pierce in that in those playoffs was the most fun I probably have had as a reporter because covering Paul Pierce was like, if I say it was like covering Babe Ruth, I don't mean like literally Paul Pierce is the best player ever, but just you know, he, you, you, it's it's a guy you know is walking into the Hall of Fame, and he still had that fu vibe to him, and like that was the whole thing, you know. I called game and and like I really do wonder with his attitude and and the players they had, you know, what would have happened in the finals? I'm not saying they, they, they advance all the way, but just ha- like Pierce is the one difference thing they've had over the course of the last decade. You had wall, you had Beal, but you never had, but Pierce was the only guy you had who had that gravitas of, of like, we're doing this. And like you mentioned the fingertip shot. I mean, literally touching his, touching his fingernails at the buzzer. Otherwise that game, uh, I think goes to overtime. Uh, game six and who knows what happens, but um, yeah, P- Pierce was uh, was the man, and uh, the, that was a lot of fun. That was one hell of a series. I feel like people outside of DC don't really talk about that as like an incredible second round series because it didn't go seven. Like that that series doesn't get nearly as much play as the Boston series in seventeen. That series was incredible. Because it didn't go seven. Right. Well, I mean. And also, also, the Wizards and the Hawks are not like iconic franchises. It's not like, you know, if there were NBA TV series in the second round of the playoffs, that would have been an NBA TV series. Right. It's not it's not right. I mean, in general, second round series, unless it involves like LeBron or the Warriors in recent years, nobody's going to pay attention or remember too much of those anyway, unless you're local. And for the Wizards, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the high watermark was, you know, (laughs) was a a bunch of second round series. Uh, It's been the high watermark for 40 years. So, uh, you know, hang your hang your hat on that. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, a lot of fun uh, without question. Paul Pierce was. uh, was that that was a great time and yeah no I, it's hard to argue with, with that one from the what if perspective um you know that 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 game against the Celtics obviously they went one game closer they were right there but um yeah but that team had they had a lot going on there had a lot going on there particularly like I said I mean I think the one thing also for me with that Atlanta series I may have said this before but that like I already I liked Beal a lot coming into the league I'd like Beal a lot at that point but you know he had been injured and we hadn't quite seen him like could he go to the next level and i remember getting into arguments with people that you're already questioning what he was and that series the atlanta series to me was the one where i really understood that he could be that guy because he was having to take on ball handling responsibilities and his his handle was not nearly as good as it was as it is now and he didn't shy away from it at all he he stepped into it he didn't he didn't freak out he he did what he had to do and i to me that said that his, this is a guy who's not going to wilt the big spots um, because he, uh, even with all this extra responsibility and, you know, we've kind of obviously seen that kind of take off from there. Anything else that you, uh, any other John observations, John thoughts, John stuff for what no. it's worth, by the way, I have a thing to add. 
I didn't put this in the story either because didn't uh it didn't seem right but I I I did ask John if he saw Ted Leonsis or his thoughts on Ted Leonsis's uh durable and high character tweet and John said he never saw it I mean I'm going to have to believe him because John's not one to He he also said he said nice things about Ted. I mean he only said nice things about Ted. I didn't include it because Ted didn't really come up in the story, but he said, um, uh, what else did he say? So he says, those are great things he said about Russ. That's really what Russ is about. And and to be clear, it's not like he said that after he said I didn't see it and he secretly knew it. He asked me what it was and I told it to him. Um, and then I, I didn't want to run anything ever because I felt like it was kind of shit stirring. I was going to run something if it were if he had actual opinions on it that he had thought about, you know? Uh, And then he said nice stuff about Ted. He said, Ted took care of me. Ted gave me the opportunity to be an NBA player. He drafted me number one to be a franchise player of the organization. Sometimes things don't end well the way you wanted to. He probably thought it was best for me to go to a new place and for them to start fresh with a new point guard. So I have nothing against that or bad to say. Ted gave me the opportunity to play the game that I love at the highest level and be in a beautiful city for 10 years. Yeah, they also paid him every dime conceivably possible. And yeah, you, you know, literally rolled out the red carpet for him day one. So I, yeah, while while things may not have ended great and maybe he feels that they wronged him in some way uh, prior to that, they certainly did everything they could possibly do for him. So I'm glad to hear him have that perspective uh, as opposed to just right. feeling uh, and I know, didn't, screwed. And I didn't want to include that in the story because while, uh, you know, the – the you know most of you know you look at the replies to the high character and durable tweet you look at the replies to it and just about everybody who's replying considers that as a passive aggressive swipe at wall if wall doesn't take it that way then that narrative is not worth including in the story you know then that's then that's not really anything so I just wanted to put that out there as well, because I, I thought his reaction to that was interesting. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, good job by everybody all the way around. And uh, now we'll see uh, what happens uh, in the big game. I, I here, Here's my one prediction uh, for the game. Post game, I will be in the Rockets Zoom. That's my one prediction. Well. It's a really easy prediction for you to prove yourself right to. All you got to do is just go on the rocket zoom. Look, I I'm not a dummy. I I know I know when to take a sure thing uh when, you know, when, when possible and that that's a that's a sure thing. So, locked. All right. Bet on that. Lock it in. Anything to plug other than your visits to the rocket zoom? No. I, I got nothing other than I'm really over this freaking cold snap that here in DC. I'm 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 over this. So uh, the ice. Whoever can work, whoever can work this out, let's go. Already, I'm tired of this. The ice, the snow, it's crazy. Uh, can't, I mean, you can't do anything. Yeah, it's, it's all it's all a disaster. I am going to record another episode later this week. Uh, I, I I don't know if I'm going to record one directly after the Rockets game because I'll probably just let this one breathe. But I I. I think there's a pretty good chance I'll record one on Tuesday night 
and put it up for the world to see on Wednesday. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic or you haven't checked out the piece that we've been talking about for this entire episode and, and that I played quotes from at the start of the episode, go go check out that piece. Go check out that piece. It's over at The Athletic DC. It is uh, entitled... What's it entitled, Ben? What did I call it? What's the name of it? It's uh, Nobody Could Tell Me the Truth. John Wall takes us inside that Wizards-Rockets trade. Go check that out. Went up February 13th and on Saturday night after my long convo with John. Subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark, and you can sign up for $3.99 a month. And that's not just going to get you this John Wall article. That's going to get you everything. It's going to get you all the Wizards coverage. It's going to get you all of your rest of the NBA coverage and NFL and and MLB and everything else. It gets you all your sports coverage, access to the entire site, ad-free podcasts here as well, and it gets you all of Ben's stories, which is really the most important thing that you could possibly have. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark, wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this one. I'm sure you can just subscribe if you happen to be listening to this and you're not already a subscriber. Uh, If you happen to enjoy the show, you can tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. You can go on iTunes. You can leave a review. You can give us five stars. The written reviews are super helpful. As I always say, if I'm not back Tuesday night, I'll be back. I only did one episode last week. I'll do a second one this week. I'll be back at some point later this week, probably with an episode for Wednesday morning. Whenever the return comes, I'll talk to you guys then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.